Okay, um, welcome. Thanks to all of you for being here. Uh, we're here to celebrate a gift to the university of significant value, both monetarily and intellectually. Charles Cather, nephew of Willa Cather, one of America's best known and most widely read novelists, has left an estate gift to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln that includes artifacts that belonged to his aunt, medals, valuable inscribed first editions of her work, handwritten letters, and even the beginnings of her last novel. We're here to, today to pay tribute to the donor and to celebrate this gift to the university's archives and to scholars around the world. Please welcome Matt McNair of the University of Nebraska Foundation. Thank you, Harvey. This is really an exciting day for UNL, and we're very grateful at the foundation to Charles Cather for this gift. Um, they're one-of-a-kind items, some of which have never been seen before, uh, so it's very exciting. Um, some of these things would have generated a lot of money at auction, and it would have been unattainable for the university to obtain these items, so we're very grateful to have these. Um, instead, you know, our scholars here, the public will be able to see and study and appreciate these items. Um, Mr. Cather had an opportunity to visit campus and meet our distinguished Cather scholars, and that no doubt played a great role in his decision to make this gift, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, we're very grateful to him and the Cather family, uh, other members of the Cather family for their gifts and their generosity because the Cather legacy at UNL will continue now. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. There are several representatives of the university community today who have a role in making this gift accessible to scholars everywhere and in leading our own evolution in the study of the works of Willa Cather. Joan Giesekees, Dean of the University of Nebraska Libraries. Uh, Amy Goodburn is here representing the College of Arts and Sciences as an associate dean in the college and a professor of English. Dean David Manderscheid is out of town, sends his regards to the faculty of his college involved in Cather studies. But to give you a better idea of the scope and importance of this gift, I'd like to introduce Kay Walter, Chair of Digital Initiatives and Special Collections for UNL Libraries. So. With the gift of the Charles E. Cather Collection, the UNL Archives and Special Collections are now home to 15 named Willa Cather Collections. To echo Matt McNair's comments, the Cather family has been most generous in its support of the UNL libraries through its gifts of archival and manuscript collections. Among the most significant collections are the Philip L. and Helen Cather Southwick Collection, the Roscoe and Maida Cather Collection, the George Cather Ray Collection, the Susan J. and James Rosowski Cather Collection, and now the Charles E. Cather Collection. Without question, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's holdings relating to Willa Cather are the most significant in the world, and it's our pleasure to preserve and to provide access to such materials as personal letters, family photographs, and original manuscripts. Here today to describe the contents and significance of the Charles E. Cather collection are two scholars, um, and uh, the first to speak will be Guy Reynolds, professor and graduate program chair for the Department of English, and also director of the Cather Project at UNL. And the second speaker will be Andrew Jewell, who edits the Willa Cather Archive and is Associate Professor at the UNL Libraries. Guy? Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, 
in 2005, I directed a seminar here at uh, Lincoln and in Red Cloud, the International Cather Seminar. And during that uh, visit, or during that time, we had an extraordinary visit from somebody I never expected to meet. That person was Charles Cather, the nephew of Willa Cather. Uh, and he flew in from California, and that began the story which ends today, in a way, and perhaps marks a new beginning as well today, with these materials being handed on from Charles to us. Charles Cather was a dapper gentleman, uh, elegant, a lawyer. We took him to get his hair cut on 14th and P Street, uh, so the captain's chair barbershop plays a big role in all this as well. Um, <laughs> During the conversation I had with Charles, he started to mention things about manuscripts, so my ears pricked up immediately. Uh, I became very excited, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. At one point he said, I've got something in a safe that might interest you. Um, it was literally as melodramatic as that. Um, three years later, in 2008, I was contacted by the Nebraska Foundation, uh, and that's when we began looking into the whole question of how these materials would be first loaned to us, and then would come into our possession. I was mentioned in some of these court documents as the Englishman which I was very pleased about, kind of James Bond role. Um, what eventually happened was that a very large tranche of material in a, a number of boxes was shipped over from uh, California to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and the figure that we give of $2 million is the insurance value for, the, uh, for those materials. I think at auction they'd be worth a lot, lot more. Um, this is a very, very significant large cache of materials. It includes first editions, it includes inscribed books from Willa Cather to her partner Edith Lewis, it includes travel journals, it includes one of the 15 house medals awarded by the National Institute of Arts and Letters uh, to the best work of American fiction during the previous five years. Uh, Willa Cather received that medal and it's here for us all to look at later on in 1930 for her book Death Comes for the Archbishop. So there are some extremely rare items that really don't exist any, anywhere else. I think for me as a scholar, there are two or three things that I would point to. Um, what you see here is the, the kind of working uh, life of a major writer. You can see um, notebooks, uh, letters, uh, edited typescripts. You can see the initial drafts of new materials that Cather was uh, bringing into being. It's as if uh, you take a snapshot of somebody's office uh, the moment that they pass away, and then all of those materials are suddenly transported into a different time and place, and you can then begin to reconstruct what that life was like. I think for me, the most exciting thing is something that we really didn't think existed, which is two fragments uh, of the last novel, Hard Punishments, that Cather was working at working on during the mid-1940s. Uh, there's one other small fragment of this that exists in a library in Virginia, but now we have two additional uh, pieces of, of, of writing. Cather had absolutely appalling handwriting, uh, so you're all invited to come and help us decipher that. Um, and literally, there are still parts of her manuscripts which we're not quite sure uh, what they're about because the handwriting is so um, illegible. Um, having said that, Hard Punishments is an interesting uh, project. She was working on a book on medieval Europe, the of her life. She was a great historical novelist, amongst other things. So that's something that I think will spur a lot of new scholarship, uh, will enable us to look back at Cather's career, get some new insights, adopt some new pathways, um, use it as a springboard really for uh, a new level and a new uh, framework for looking at Cather's extraordinarily distinguished career. Thank you very much.
Good morning. Uh, in 2005, during that same visit that Guy just discussed, I was down in the UNL Archives and Special Collections in Love Library when Charles Cather came to visit. And he came in and there was a graduate student from out of town in the archives working on some of our existing materials. And she got very excited to know that a Cather family member was in the room and she got up, walked over to him and hugged him. Um, and I like to think that that enthusiasm that he saw there with, with her um, helped him make his decision about giving his materials to UNL. Uh, certainly, we want to share our enthusiasm now with scholars and students all over the campus and the world who could come down to the archives and to the library and look at these materials. We very much encourage people to do that. And I might point to a few other things and qualities about this collection that Guy didn't mention. Um, they're very and unusual and intimate things in this collection. Materials that we couldn't have anticipated existing because you wouldn't know how to describe them. Um, for example, over here on the table, there is a book that Cather, uh, it was a very special first edition of the novel, One of Ours, that Cather inscribed to her mother, to my darling mother, the book of my heart. And it was a gift she gave her in 1922. And what kind of adds a little color to this is the wrapping paper in which she wrapped the gift and sent it to her mother is still there. It must have been too pretty to throw away. Uh, in Cather's own personal copy of that novel, too, we have with her own pasted in, uh, a pasted in newspaper article about her cousin G.P. Cather and his citation for bravery when he died in France during World War I. And there are other things as well, uh, like Edith Lewis's um, personal copy of Cather's first book, which is called April Twilight. It was a book of poetry that she had published for the Vanity Press. Um, and Lewis inscribed this copy in 1903, and we turned it over, and in the back, there were a handwritten verses of uh, poetry in Cather's hand that had never been seen or published before. New things just stuck inside these books. And there are still surprises to find. Just yesterday, I was looking through a copy of what is Cather's copy of Prosper Merimee's Carmen, the novel that the opera was based on. And I wondered, oh, this is in French. I wonder when she got it. And I was paging through. There was a folded up piece of paper inside. And I took it out. And there was a receipt from a Paris clothing store that she got in 1920. And so there's a sense, like I said, of just something, things from her office being transported into this time and place. And there's a wonderful intimacy and power in these materials. Thank you. Well, I, this is a very exciting day for the university, and I can see the excitement of the people that work with us on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm sure, was infectious uh, when Charles was here, and I understand that. Um, are there any questions that anyone would like to... We have, I think, some media here. I don't know if they've had a chance to ask questions, or anyone else, to any of the principals. You cannot ask a question of me. <laughs> Any? All right. Well, then I, I think we're adjourned. But uh, again, thank you all for being here. And this is, again, a very exciting day. And thanks for what you folks do for the university. <laughs>